All right, we're back in the DFSR on the Overtime Media Network, broadcasting from the Vivid Seats studio. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. Oh, buddy, we're back talking football. We were back last Friday, kind of getting, you know, getting our lips. I was going to say getting our lips wet, but that doesn't really make sense. Wetting our whistle. <laughs> getting that our, getting our sea legs, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said lips wet. I was thinking about like I was lipping my, licking my lips with anticipation, but then I figured that kind of was going to sound bad. But whatever, we're not going to take it out. We were getting our sea legs under. We're wetting our whistle on football stuff. We're back again um, talking. We're going to take a, another like sort of high-level look at some M, uh, NFL thoughts and uh, ideas going into week one. And then if you haven't been with us before listening to the DFSR NFL podcast, we consistently during the week, we put out usually two, sometimes three podcasts a week during NFL season. Uh, we'll do at times a, a weekly recap where we kind of get on Tuesday after the Monday night games have finished and kind of give our you know ideas about what just happened in the previous week, where we think we went right, where we think we went wrong, hopefully more of the former than the latter. And then on Thursday, we typically do a cash game podcast where we look at the main slate for DraftKings and FanDuel, take a look at uh, who we're going to really targeting in cash games based on uh, our research from the week. And then on Friday, we go game by game, rolling through each game and sort of the DFS angles from each one, the injury news from each one, and kind of just give you a pretty good breakdown of the week. So that's really what our in-season podcasting looks like. And right now, obviously, we're not there yet, so we're going to kind of just roll with what we got. Buddy, you know, uh, uh, should we get out ahead of ourselves? Do you want to like, get into Zeke news? Do you think it's – are we too far away still from the beginning of the season to get there on this? Like, this is really the news that will probably end up totally shifting week one cash games, I, I would guess. I, Melvin Gordon to a lesser extent, but the Zeke thing really does seem like a big one. Well, yeah, because at this point, Jerry Jones came out, I believe it was on August 29th, and said – he expects Zeke to miss week one, which wasn't exactly huge news. Uh, but what that will do is it will make Tony Pollard, you know, perhaps the highest owned player on the slate. Would you say that's pretty fair? Tony Pollard right now, 5,200. Uh, the Cowboys signed him or drafted him in, the, I think, was the fourth round. And he's uh, just by all appearances just going to be the guy until Zeke comes back. So, you know, if you can, we saw this with James Conner last season. He wasn't that highly owned going into week one. And then he was like 85% owned in week two. So I think the DFS community writ large has probably learned this lesson by now. And playing Pollard just opens up so much opportunity. Uh, terrific matchup against the Giants. Like it would be one of the more slam dunk punt plays in recent memory. Yeah, he's looked good during the preseason. Not like that really matters, but at least, you know, running with the starters. It's better than looking look, bad. I mean, there's no It's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's kind of like, it's not the same exact thing, but it's like with Le'Veon Bell last year with James Conner. Again, this is the preseason, but each week that James Conner goes out there and looks good, each week is where the, the Steelers become less incentivized to do it. I mean, that has to probably worry the Zeke camp just a little bit that, the Steelers at some point, they still, I think, wanted to sign Bell. But, you know, when James Conner looks every bit of running back one after a couple weeks, they're just like, I don't know, dude, do what you want to do. But here's the number. You can just kind of take it or leave it. Um, Zeke has, I don't fully understand NFL contracts, so I'm not going to pretend like I do here. But Zeke does have some leverage, but not a ton. And so um, if, if Pollard were to come out and be good week one, it would be really interesting. But, yes, I agree with you. I think Pollard at 4,500 on DraftKings. 5,800 on FanDuel, uh, I think we'd be hard-pressed to see a higher own player. It just would allow you to do so much. Really, at that point, you can – because there are already some – we sort of mentioned it briefly last week, but there's already so many pricing mistakes that uh, if you played him, you might be just forced to 
pay up for like a you know a, a Kelsey type. I think we're going to get to talk a little bit about him today, um, or even like maybe a Patrick Mahomes or somebody really really expensive. Maybe even in the wide receivers because. I mean, 4,500, yeah, I think, what do you think, like 85% higher in cash games? Yeah. Or where do you think he'd stand? Something like that on DraftKings and FanDuel? It feels like feels like that might even be low. The industry is just getting smarter about this stuff. Well, sure. And right now, like just as of August 30th when we're recording this, the lineups already look great, in my opinion. <laughs> like we basically have great plays at every position. And so, you know, you can run into a situation where there are so many good punts that your variance actually goes back up a little bit. Because normally if we get a really good punt, like Pollard, let's say, if that was in week four and there wasn't a lot of other tremendous value and that would sort of unlock like, you know, an obvious pay up candidate like Saquon Barkley or something, then all of a sudden the floor of your lineup goes way up and your variance goes down because inevitably some amount of dopes are just not going to realize and not play them. Going into week one, given that people are already talking about it and it's still quite a ways away, I would suspect that you'd see some overwhelming chalk. And if there are four of these guys that are all great plays, like if Gordon, you know, doesn't come back either. And let's say, I don't know, people like Jacoby Brissett or something. I don't know if he, he's not really the perfect example there. But, you know, if there's enough of this tremendous value, then we can be in a situation where there are too many good options. And then you're just left with like $3,000 to put someplace. And uh, that can be tricky. Yeah. Um, I, again, we're, we're probably still too far away to really hammer this home a week is a ton of time i will say too like what would be your thoughts uh, on the zeke thing let's say let's say okay there's, there's two scenarios here right there's the pollard is the starter because zeke is not around we pretty much know we'll start him let's say zeke signs this week right zeke would have that same matchup against the giants we saw his ability to just be one of the great volume guys in the whole nfl he and saquon were basically the top two easily the top two volume guys last season we really no reason to expect that to change but we also saw this happen with Le'Veon Bell the season before, if you remember, where he held out and didn't play at all in the preseason, wasn't in camp, didn't do a single thing, went out week one. I remember just sitting there because we were actually together during this. It was when we were at the DraftKings uh, party in Boston. We were sitting in the bar together, at the, surrounded by all these DFS guys, and everyone had played Bell, and he sucked because he hadn't played in the preseason. Like, would you be worried? Yeah. Would that be a comparable thing? I did try to look back at, like, I, I tried to look back at qual- um Big time running back holdouts just to see guys who maybe had missed camp to see if there was any thread about how a guy performed after missing the whole camp. They're really, the list was pretty short, and it was like Eric Dickerson and Jim Brown and guys like this. But, I mean, would you be worried at all from a just a rust standpoint on Zeke if he were, if he were to come back? Because I feel like if we were to give him his regular targets, he'd be a guy that would show up in the system easily as a cash game play too, and I think I'd be worried about it. Well, I don't think he's going to play, so I, I don't – I think this will wind up being academic, but he will come back at some point. And I think basically, you know, what people are sort of saying now is that if he doesn't come back in the next two days, he just won't be able to take enough reps to even like totally flow back into the offense properly. So I think that uh, conditioning would be one concern. That's probably on a player by player level. Like, you know, you could still run on a treadmill even if you're not practicing with the team. So I don't know that it's necessarily... Like I wouldn't worry yeah, about his conditioning I, quite so much, but oh, it's not. Oh, you're right. It's, I mean, it's obviously not totally comp- comparable, but because um, it's not like returning from injury. I guess is my major point, where he can still be staying in shape. Uh, it's just a question of how well he goes together with the offense. The thing about football, though, that I've repeated many times is that we just have so many options. Like, if I'm just looking at him or Saquon Barkley in exactly the same price range, I'm just going to play Barkley because I think it's going to be a lower variance play. I mean, Barkley outscored him last season. He's the consensus number one in season long right now. 
not a terrible matchup. And we've seen with Barkley, he's just involved in all phases of the game. And you have to think he'll become even more involved as Manning continues to get worse and worse, right? So I, uh, I, I just would play Barkley anyway. So And I don't think you're going to pay up twice at running back. So I'm not going to play yeah, Elliott think, uh, for yeah. sure either way. I think I agree with you there. If you're headed to a game this year and you need tickets, there's only one place to go, and that's Vivid Seats. It's super easy. You go to the App Store, download the Vivid Seats app. You use the promo code OVERTIME. That's O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. And you save up to $100 on all ticket purchases, first-time customers only. Once again, Vivid Seats. Use the promo code OVERTIME. It's that easy. Get tickets. Go to the game. Vivid Seats. Check them out. All right, last week we did start talking about some change. We talked about some change of scenery guys. We talked about some new systems, but I did want to uh, kind of go back to the guys going on, heading into new teams, relevant players, you know, not necessarily your draft picks and not necessarily just sort of these like sort of cogs and the machine moving parts that you see from year to year. I'm talking about like guys maybe with real chances to have fantasy impact this year. Last week, last week we did talk about the Arizona guys, uh, just the Arizona offense in general. We talked about Odell Beckham moving over. We talked about Levy and Bell going over to the Jets, guys with real fantasy impact. There's a, there's a group of players that are probably a tier down from those guys, or, or clearly a tier down, uh, and maybe a couple of quarterbacks too. Do you want to – I mean, are there any other change of scenery guys that you want to bring up here? Um, you know, you, you, you nodded to Brissett before. I think that one counts. We did see him as the starter for the Colts in the past, like the season that Luck didn't play. So he has been there, and I don't know, Luck trusted him. I, I'm, if we had time, I'm going to do an Andrew Luck rant at the end because um, I, I, I was like, I just went fast and furious on the Andrew Luck takes out of nowhere for a guy that I never really thought about. But anyway, I'll save that to the end. You mentioned Brissett. Other quarterbacks that you see maybe change the senior comeback from injury guys do you think have relevance or like do you think that could maybe outperform expectation this season? Well, yeah, so for starters, guys like Brissett, what they generally do is, unless you want to play Brissett himself, which I think you can make a case for just on a strict points per dollar play, and I think, you know, with Brissett coming into this camp, he's going to be taking snaps of the first team. Like, he should be better than he was the last time around. But I can think, or I imagine that most people agree that he's just going to make that offense worse. And so, you know, yeah. guys like Hilton, Mack, um, you know, basically all the pieces on Indianapolis. I'm going to take a wait and see approach on them, but I think there are some other teams well, that are going to real quick before you do re, re, real quick before you do that. I just want to make one more note about Brissett. Just worth to note here about how much quarterbacks mean to the NFL. Like you'll never see this. If you ever want to just know exactly what a quarterback means to an NFL team, all you need to do is look what happened at the line shift between the time that Andrew Luck was supposed to play and then was kind of off the team or excuse me, was supposed to play and then retired. Like that line is already Bengals minus three. I believe it was plus, it was plus two and a half for the Colts um, before he retired. It shifted like five and a half points after he retired. So anyway, just, just a note about like what can happen when a guy like Andrew Luck goes and just speaking to your point about like they have 15 and a half implied points. There was no way that was going to be the case. There was something like, I think there were like 20 and a half implied points when he was playing. So, um, just what it speaks to like what it means to the rest of the guys. So sorry to cut you off there. I just think it's so interesting when these quarterbacks are there one day and go on the next, like how that's just like the one position in sports that can just completely shift the line. I guess major league pitchers too. Anyway, well, go yeah, ahead. I was going to say it's, it's very similar to major league pitchers, except in football, you pitch the same guy every day. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's not going from, you know, who do, people don't care about baseball pitchers. So the, uh, so yes, I, I'm generally just going to be much more bearish on the Colts, but I think there are some teams 
that got more interesting from a fantasy perspective coming into this season. And these are going to be teams that where the guys are priced pretty low based on poor, poor, poor performances last season. Um, and, you know, players that showed some potential in pretty tough situations. So one guy I've really got my eye on right now is uh, D.D. Westbrook. So Westbrook last season went out there. He was targeted 101 times. He only hauled in 66 of those balls, uh, had five touchdowns. He was a guy we would flirt with playing from time to time, you know, when he got cheap enough. And while I don't think the upgrade from Bortles to Foles makes Jacksonville like, you know, a title contender or anything like that, we've seen many times like going from a quarterback who's just completely incompetent to a guy that can at least hit people in stride makes a big difference. And, you know, I'm not, I don't really think Foles, again, is going to turn them into any sort of great team. I think there was some kind of voodoo magic going on with especially his Super Bowl run, but. He's at least competent for sure. And Westbrook, I think you can say the same thing about. And like you, you know, you mentioned how dependent a team is on their quarterback in terms of their line for Vegas. No one is more dependent upon other players in the entire NFL than wide receivers are. Like, you know, left tackles can still block no matter who else is on the team. You know, running backs are pretty dependent upon a line, but they can kind of make things happen. If you're a wide receiver and you have a bad quarterback, like a la Odell Beckham or something, you just might never get the ball. <laughs> so I think Westbrook, you know, he's very cheap coming into week one. I think he's uh, 5900 on FanDuel. Yeah, 5900 on FanDuel. That seems like a fantastic price. Uh, that would that was a fair price with Bortles under center. And I think with Foles there, uh, that's just a, a really super attractive price. So I'm very intrigued by Westbrook and just the Jacksonville offense kind of as a whole, at least while the prices are still low. Yeah, he was one of the guys that stood out to me for sure. When I went back and if you go back and look at, uh, we did some breakdown of week one pricing. Didi was one of those guys that like could make the jump into targets. Uh, he's he's shown flashes of it in the past. I love the I'm, I'm right with you and the love the. I think it's a pretty significant at least accuracy upgrade from Bortles to Foles. Uh, and if they're gonna turn him into just a wide receiver one type guy, which it really does seem like the notes out of camp seem like that's going to be the case. Like Marquise Lee and DJ Chark. I mean, some people do like Chark a lot. Uh, it's I, I probably myself would take more of a wait-and-see approach. We've just seen it enough from Westbrook in a very similar offense. So, yeah, I'm right with you. I think he's definitely – he's he's one of those guys where if like, you weren't going to pay down for Pollard, then he's offers just great savings at wide receiver. I, it's one of those things, like, if you have Pollard in there, I'm not sure you need to play both guys just because you just get so much savings in, in one spot. But um, if that weren't to be the case – and it actually, honestly, if it were to be the case, then really you're going to spend just crazy money everywhere else because I think you're just getting fantastic values there. I, do you feel the same way about – so Foles is a change of scenery guy. What about a guy like Jimmy G coming back from injury from San Fran? Uh, like we were so high on him last year. I put in a prop bet that he was going to lead the NFL in passing yards last year. Let's be clear. You season. were so high on, on Garoppolo last year. I was. I think I laughed out loud when you told me about him. his prop to – lead the NFL in passing yards. So. Well, okay. Well, first of all, the prop was like 31. I, like, so it wasn't like, I, it wasn't like I thought he was like a one-to-one favorite. To, Would you call it a bold, a bold two prediction? One-to-two. There was a lot. There was a lot to like about it. The time that when he had, when he had played over like the last, I don't know, I can't remember now. I should have looked back before I said this, but the the last few games that he played during the season that extrapolated out over a whole season, which I get. Look, I know that's like cherry picking a little bit, but. Um, it would have easily had him as the highest rate, as the highest, the most passing yards. Now, look, then a guy like Patrick Mahomes comes along, and and some of these other passing numbers have just gone totally bananas. So, uh, look, I'm not gonna make, I'm not gonna go and make the same case again for him. But he is coming back here. They have every single running back in the league, it seems like, or, or guys like that used to be good on other or decent on other teams, and now they're just all. It seems like they went all in on just getting as many running backs as possible. 
And it, I don't know. Do you, are you confident enough in their receiving core? Like, what do you think about Jimmy G here? Because I, I, the change of scenery, he's not a change of scenery guy, but I was so high on him two years ago, and, and I just, it's really just an ACL tear, which is fixable. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, so when it comes to Garoppolo, I have a few different thoughts. So for starters, worth noting, at least if you're considering playing him, even when he was in there, he wasn't passing a ton. He played three weeks. He averaged 30 attempts across those three weeks. Makes it tough to be a pretty reliable fantasy contributor in that respect. Um, you know, we, we didn't know Kittle was Kittle at that point yet. I think it wasn't until the week three game against Kansas City where Kittle like sort of broke out and caught five balls for 79 yards. That being said, again, you just have to think that he's an upgrade coming back to this team, right? I mean, he was, aside from if you throw out that terrible opener against Minnesota, he completed 69% of his passes against Detroit and then 67% against Kansas City. So this is a guy who can complete a pass or two. And I think for that reason, all these pieces, you know, I'm certainly more bullish on them than I would have been otherwise, with the potential exception of George Kittle. Now, this is a really weird case because you're getting a very clear quarterback upgrade but you could argue that Kittle's, I mean, Kittle had a historic season last year. Kittle set the all-time record for tight end receiving yards in a season. <laughs> like, that's that's outrageous. And he had more receiving yards than Travis Kelsey, obviously. Um, I mean, it was only one more yard, but he still had more yards than Kelsey. He was just a phenomenal player. But you, I guess you could ask the question, like, were the 49ers using him as a crutch because they just couldn't really do anything else on offense? And is that likely to repeat with a more competent, quarterback coming under center this year and I guess that's like my only concern about the situation because I don't know that we're going to know who is going to kind of manifest as the number one wide receiver just yet like last year when Garoppolo was there they had a lot of these same guys you know Pettis um, Goodwin stuff like that and no one was getting more than four targets a game at that point including Kittle with Garoppolo back will they turn more into a more normal offense I'm not sure but uh, I am curious to know what you think about Kittle because great player, true tight end number one, almost like we've never seen, $500 cheaper than Kelsey, new quarterback, but does that help him or does it hurt him? It can't, it feels like it can't hurt him. The last game that, the last game that Jimmy played, and I call him Jimmy like we're pals, but then I didn't want to call, Jim, call him Jimmy G because it sounds silly. Call him James. Like I never say Garoppolo correctly. So James G, that would sound different. Yeah, I don't, I don't go the by The last Jimmy. game that he played was like, <laughs> JD, but it was uh, he had he did lead the team in targets. It was a game against KC. Uh, he had seven targets, five for seventy nine. That was the last game with Garoppolo under center. It was it, it stands to reason they kind of were just figuring out what they had there. There were people that liked Kittle going into last season, but he clearly wasn't like this. Like he was, I think he was a min price tight end for a for a little bit here to start the season. If I'm thinking if I'm thinking about it correctly, so it wasn't. Uh, it, it could have been a thing where KC was just kind of finding out what they had with them as well. I'm not. I'm not 100%. You know, they'll never tell you exactly, like, what the plan was. Kel, by the way, Kelsey had 8 for 114 in that same game. So, um, but not like it matters, but just in terms of, like, how just freaking ridiculous Kelsey was. But, uh, yeah, I think you have to give him an upgrade. There's a reason he's going clear number two. Like, when you do these best ball drafts, Kittle goes a lot higher in standard ADP than standard ADP in best ball drafts for this very reason. is because the drop-off from the him, from the Kelsey-Kittle group, Kelsey's above him, I would say, just because of the touchdown equity. But the down to the Kittle group, who's a very clear just kind of 1A. And then the drop-off after that, you know, it's like Ertz, but they have Goddard there, and they, they did improve the wide receiver core a little bit. So you're worried about him, uh, I, I think, a little bit. Like, I wouldn't be as high on Ertz. And then after that, the list is, like, completely. Yeah. Then you get a huge sea of guys that are just all exactly the same, in my opinion, like McDonald, Howard, you know, all those guys that are, like, could be great, could be terrible, most likely are just yeah, going to be average. Like, yeah. 
you do the Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron coin flip on week to week. Like, who's going to catch a touchdown? Who's going to get the targets? Um, you guys have do have guys like Hunter Henry who are coming back from injury. You guys, like, that fits into the narrative of what we're talking about, like guys coming back and what we can really expect from him. He was, you know, a, a, not an elite tight end before he got injured, but he was a very, very good tight end with a very accurate quarterback. So I guess we can make some kind of case for him. But, yeah, I think I think with Kittle, you clearly can't make give him – well, it's crazy to say you can't give him worse statistics than last year, but then you'd be talking about like another all-time tight end season. I don't know, man. At some point, there's probably just some kind of ceiling on what you're going to get no matter who the quarterback upgrade is. I hate to sound wishy-washy about this. I love Kittle. Can he repeat for the last year? I, I, don't, I, I just don't know. I, just, I, I don't have a firm take on this one, I guess is what I'm saying. This one feels very hard to like spin a narrative around that I feel comfortable with. All right, any more housekeeping kind of stuff around the NFL? I feel like we've you know, just kind of lightning round covered a lot of guys coming back here, a lot of guys changing scenery with some quick takes. So is there any other just, yeah, I guess I said housekeeping, any of these other things, situations that we might have missed, maybe that aren't going to be top tier Patrick Mahomes relevant, obviously, or, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, but these guys along the margins probably do matter as well. I think so, especially when we're talking about big tournament plays, because, you know, there's going to be some obvious value, like if Pollard gets the start week one, but I think there's some decent peripheral value too, you know, guys that could emerge like you know you're talking about guys like dd westbrook who could go from a fifty nine hundred dollar player to an eight thousand dollar player in very short order and in the nfl perhaps more than any other sport pricing at the beginning of the season is not reflective of what pricing will be towards the middle and end of the season right um i mean this occasionally happens in basketball where you know especially with rookies they break out maybe someone enters the starting lineup and kind of sticks there but in football we just often have no idea right <laughs> like you know james connor was one of the highest priced running backs by the end of the season and he was essentially free he was 4500 the first week we played him so uh, there will be a lot of price mobility and that means there's also often at times a lot of inefficiency early in the season as well uh, so that being said the other major team i'm looking at in terms of potentially really changing some fantasy values is the Miami Dolphins. Now, I think there are many people's pick for the worst team in the NFL for this season, <laughs> and uh, for good reason, you know, not a, lot of, a whole lot to be excited about there. But they did an interesting thing recently, which was that they named Ryan Fitzpatrick the week one starter. Now, Fitzpatrick, or Fitzmagic, as you lovingly call him, uh, he's a guy who certainly has had a lot of hard times in the NFL, but he had some flashes of like some pretty serious DFS value last season, and he enters a team that's not devoid of you know, offensive tools, or at least guys with reasonable reputations, right? There's guys like Devontae Parker still there, uh, Kenny Stills. Are you going to turn to Miami at all for any of that, you know, week one big tournament magic? Are any of these guys even potentially cash game viable for you? I mean, I know we have a lot of good value, so maybe that kind of answers itself. But I, I think you could see some pretty significant value emerging there. What do you think? Yeah, it could be. I mean, look, they come in with a whole new coaching staff this year. Uh, I'm saying they just changed everything. <laughs> it's a totally different they're, team. They're, they're guys from the they're guys from the Patriots tree. It's like Brian Flores and uh, I'm looking at this right now. Chad O'Shea. I knew they were both from the Patriots. So the, uh, Chad O'Shea is the offensive coordinator because Flores is like a defensive guy. So it's untested. It's a, it's a little unclear about what the plan is going to be here. These sometimes these Patriot guys don't totally shake out from coming out from under Belichick. Like uh, so, I'm again not like a, co a coach expert here, and I'm definitely not a, all the time a game plan expert. But yeah, I'm like the obvious guys that like everyone kind of knows about, and sort of the systems they run, like the Andy Reeds uh, and guys like this who just like clearly are a step above. And Belichick's more of like a chess master kind of guy, but. 
the fact that there just are new coaches means that you can't really go one for one on what they did last year as a plan with Tannehill, especially what they did with the wide receivers as well. So I don't think using what they did last year as a comp is a totally different quarterback and totally new coaches. The two two things that matter the most in the NFL really are those like three, two or three things between the coordinator, the head coach, and the quarterback. So I think using last year as a comp isn't really a good one. That being said, there's a reason Fitzpatrick has kind of like been around a lot of teams and was having like this sort of like crazy historic pace of his own on offense last year and just got had J- Jameis go back right in. They just kind of played musical chairs the whole season long. It was so frustrating. But I don't know. Like, wh- what do you do in situations like this? You you got to kind of make a guess, right? Like, you got to figure that you got to figure the offense is going to be better than it was last year. They still don't have much of a running game. But how much do you want to make of the coaching change and the Fitzpatrick thing? It seems like you're bullish on it. I'm. I, Usually I'm the one that goes crazy about crap like this. I'm actually kind of surprised to hear you say. Like, Am I going crazy? I don't do reversal. I, do I sound like I'm going crazy right now? It don't, you're not going crazy. It's like I don't think it's a guy that we're going to go nuts with. But look, Fitzpatrick was a guy that no one thought about last year at all and basically won people millions of dollars in week one because he just went completely off in that in that Tampa Bay Saints stack, right? And like that wasn't <laughs> a guy was expected. Now that's a, again Tampa Bay's a different situation too because they have a different coach, but. These are just the kind of guys where if you can just say it wouldn't be out of nowhere to have Ryan Fitzpatrick have a good day, and you can't really say we didn't see it coming when you didn't right. evaluate the fact that you didn't know what they were going to do as coaching. So, yeah, I don't mind that. That's not the guy that would go out there and cash games. If they got totally curb stomped, I wouldn't be surprised either. But there's just there's enough personnel. There's enough key personnel change here against uh, Baltimore. And it kind of sucks they're playing Baltimore because they've got to get probably ground down with pace um, more than anything else. Like Baltimore sure. is not going to give them give them the ball because they just – they're planning on running the ball the whole time. Yeah, Baltimore allowed the fewest points concern. in the AFC last season. Like they're, that's going to be a tough, <laughs> a tough matchup. You know what's interesting, I, you know what's interesting about that though? Like is that that might be a thing to say. Let's hold our let's hold our thoughts until week two on this one, right? Like let's say look, we understand that there's other con- contextual issues here. That to say like there's a super low over under on this one, thirty seven and a half. But it's mostly because of Baltimore and their defense and what, the way they play the game. Like they're just their plan is to not is to keep their defense off the field as much as possible by just having Jackson and now Ingram run the ball all the time. So we might be in a situation week two where we say now people are really down on this and we still might not know. I don't know. There's be enough that I want to see a couple flashes and still probably I'd, I'd hold a wait and see approach even until week two on this. I think. All right. Well, so I got one other thing for you from for this Dolphins team uh, going forward, which is last season the Dolphins. And I'll just hold on. You'll see where I'm going with this in a second. Last season, the Dolphins finished the year seven and nine. At the end of week 14, they were seven and six, so above 500. They were still making noise. They finished the season with three straight losses, minus 114 point differential. The wheels were sort of coming off. I'm going to argue that it's a quarterback upgrade. I'm also going to argue that a potential coaching upgrade. I don't know. You know, I, I couldn't say one way or the Gase. other. It was Gase, and he got yeah. I mean, people didn't really love the what he was doing. It was like the, people were very surprised he got hired by the Jets. Again, I'm, I'm not just saying. I'm just a, put, a potential so. coaching upgrade. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and this season, four games against the Bills and the Jets, who also combined for a negative two thirteen point differential last season. And you know, people have some optimism around both of those teams as well for various reasons. The Dolphins right now, the lowest projected win total in the NFL at four and a half. So you'd have to. Th- You'd have to argue that just going into this season, yeah, they have a second-place schedule. Going into this season, though, they're going to lose three wins off of last season when they're probably upgrading at quarterback and, at the very least, probably moving laterally in the coaching spot. 
Give me the Dolphins and the over on four and a half wins. I think that's a, a phenomenal bet. I think people are just piling on in sort of an unthinking way. And uh, yeah, I think taking the Dolphins and the over. It's also just hard to only win four games in the NFL. Um, that's not something that very many teams are able to accomplish. So, so I like the Dolphins and the over. That's my little sports betting nugget for the day. Not at least with like real, at least like real NFL. I'm going to use the word talent in quotes here, but like guys that aren't just complete bum hunters, right? Like like last season when when the, the 49ers were playing Mullins and like the fourth their fourth That's what I'm back saying. and guys like this. Like that and they're still kind of at times being competitive. Like this is that this is not the, the kind of squad we're talking about. The 49ers about won four games last year too with with guys that no one would have ever argued should even be in the NFL. <laughs> like in the most important positions on the whole entire team. So um yeah, the over baby. Let's go. Okay, t- Dolphins in the over. Okay, I, we we do we have a little bit of time left here. I think I'm going to skip the quarterback, uh, the quarterback consistency piece, and I'm just going to go say, go check this out at DFSR. I'm going to have uh, a consistency and sort of upside tiers of what guys did last season, and just worth worth taking a look at who some of the most consistent guys at each position were among the top scorers. Not we're not talking about like you know the 30th most uh, highest scoring guy, and we're also not talking about guys who had short runs, like some of these sure. running backs that sort of came out of nowhere. I'm looking at guys over the course of a season, because there's, there's sometimes there's just not an inf- enough information to say, you know, if Damian Williams can do it over the course of the season. I think he can, but we just didn't really, we weren't able to see it enough. Uh, cliff notes on the quarterback's piece, Patrick Mahomes was like, already, if you thought this guy's numbers were ridiculous, uh, in, just in terms of raw output, wait till you look at where he is in terms of coefficient of variation and standard deviation in this stuff on this graph yeah, like it barely fit on the, it was it was so nuts it was so crazy where this but again it barely fit on the graph in the way i formatted it because he was so far ahead of everyone else that the graph basically had to get stretched out so go check that out that'll be up on dfsr.com before you before you push this out of here can we hear your andrew luck rant is that well i was go, really don't worry about it i was going into andrew okay luck good because so you teased I, it I, earlier i'm sure people are just sitting with weighted bated breath many people have skipped ahead past the entire episode you should go back and listen to it by the way if you did that because it was great but if people are ready for your andrew luck take there okay the moment they i don't i never get wrapped up in stuff like this because one but here I just goes. Think that, like, <laughs> but here we but but here we go i spent the, the night when he retired first of all that's the biggest news in like season the, the season i actually texted jo- our good friend josh moore over four for four um who runs like some the, some of the best uh season-long projections that you're going to get so if you you can go check them out but I was texting him and I was like, is Andrew Luck retiring like two weeks before the season, the equivalent of LeBron, like the season long equivalent of LeBron getting scratched like five minutes before game time? Because the amount of work that needs to be done, because if you run a system based based on just, you know, where these guys should go in drafts, like that's the kind of thing you need to have the new information out in two seconds. Cause this is like also like the biggest drafting weekend of the year. So one, I thought that was interesting just from a timing standpoint Two, it's interesting from a, just overall, just how great this guy was and how his career was essentially ruined by just having no offensive line for two seasons where he just ran for his life and just got his brains beat in for <laughs> multiple seasons. Uh, even and was still kind of able to output crazy kind of fantasy stats and just raw stats and basically retired because they couldn't block for him. And then he goes out there and does a presser. And, man, I like made my – my daughter was still up. I made her watch it because, like, this guy sat there probably making the hardest decision in his life at what he knows is the most inopportune time you can ever make this kind of decision because it's obviously just throwing – it's just destroying his team. Like, they – these guys were, not, you know, borderline Super Bowl contenders, and now they're going to start Jacoby Brissett, whatever you want to say about him. Like, that there's – there's a reason they're up for 15 and a half points this year. He sat there at that presser. After getting booed by Colts fans as he walked off the field because they all got the news during that game that he was retiring and he was walking off the field and they just booed him. 
and they boo him on the way out. And then he sits there, stands up tall, and just like literally thanks about every guy he ever played with and every person that ever worked oh, with. Oh, so this is a good Andrew Luck like, take. I was nervous. I was nervous that we were going to have yes, to argue man. at the end of this. Okay, good. No, man. No, I was so mad. I really, I don't go crazy on Twitter because like, whatever, I don't, I have like a thousand followers and I barely, you know, there's not going to be much traction when I go. I, I just couldn't stop tweeting about this. Like I, I just, it was so, I was almost moved by it. Like I was like, mm-hmm. you just don't see this from athletes at this point. And to have a, the one that had the fan, now the fan base didn't know he was, they're probably surprised. I'm going to give him like a little bit of a pass, but not much of one. The, but the fact that he stood there answered every question, thanked everybody by name. And he had the best quote that I could, that I, I think I'll ever hear an athlete say. He was talking about when he was struggling to want not going to come back last year because he didn't think he had it in him. He was like too hurt. Everything hurt. His body's just beaten down. He wants to spend time with his family. And he said something to the effect of the only thing that made me want to come back was that there's never been a more fun guy to throw a ball to than T.Y. Hilton. And I just Hmm. wanted to come back and throw with my friends and throw a ball to my friends. And that's what made me want to come back. And I was like, Jesus, if you can't root for this guy at this point, like after listening to this, this presser then just go find quit sports and go find something else to be have a hobby and like do plant identification or something like that i don't know like just go off <laughs> what's wrong with and, plant identification and, <laughs> i'm there's nothing wrong with it i'm just saying find another hobby i know you like plant identification i'm like, looking enjoy, at the plant, like, plant identification group on facebook as you're ranting right now it's one of my favorite it's, it's one of my favorite uh groups on facebook but just go find a new hobby because if you can't like this guy and you still think he screwed his team or he wasn't making the best decision for himself uh, after listening to this and listening to very well thought out reasoning then I really don't know what to say about you. By the way, one of the few guys that will be able to follow back in his college degree because he actually graduated in three years from Stanford with like an architectural design degree. It's like he graduated early just to make sure he had the degree. So he's probably doing fine. Anyway, Andrew Luck rant over. He, I'm his new biggest fan. The, between the Captain Andrew Luck Twitter account and this guy in real life, I think he might be my new favorite all-time football player. Buddy, any thoughts to uh, throw on the end there or are we out of here? No, I got an Andrew, one Andrew Luck thought, which is that I know we're going to call anyone not specifically here because I get why people have different takes, but... I heard a take that was along the lines of like, what's this guy going to even do now? Like he's going to go travel the world for a year and then he's going to be like, what am I going to do? Like that traveling the world isn't something you can do for the rest of your life. Like he's going to need something to do. And it's like, just shut up, you know, like you only get one shot at life. And many people, especially these days, and it's kind of become this like funny thing to make. Has there ever been a more millennial move than Andrew oh, Luck just deciding he's bored? That was and Doug Gottlieb. To... Oh, did he By say the way, that? Okay. Yeah, um, this piece of piece of, I'm going to almost get the, Doug Gottlieb stole credit cards from his, from his roommate in college and got kicked out of Notre Dame because he stole credit cards from his roommate and just like, so he could buy stuff. And so like, that's not know, a very millennial can... thing to do. Millennials wouldn't yeah, do that. No. Um, Maybe we could just like hold off on the holier than now, like or like just evaluating people from like this absolute total piece of garbage. Like, can, what? Can, can I finish what I'm saying now too? Uh, sorry, I didn't want. I, I purposely <laughs> avoided that one because I knew I would get too mad about it. But then you brought it up. Go ahead. <laughs> I think that's a that's just like a a take that you're seeing around, and it's like when it comes to athletes, sports. The 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 one thing that discourages me about sports is that it can tend to bring out the worst in people, and. I think it's silly that these days people look at sports and they're like, you know, it's kind of like this wink and a nod attitude from an older generation about like, oh, yeah, like these athletes today and their player empowerment, you know, and they're like, oh, like this. It's like kind of that same vibe as like these special snowflake kind of culture is what they want to suggest. And it's like not for nothing, but to reach the levels that people like Andrew Luck or LeBron or any of these people have reached. I think people get resentful because they're like, oh, man, if I had that much talent, 
I would like work that hard and even harder. I would play till I was 45, like Tom Brady. And it's like, you know something? You probably wouldn't because many people have a lot of talent in many different fields and almost nobody reaches the absolute top of their field. And they probably just like Andrew Luck will probably go out and be a better architect than you too, you know, <laughs> like or whatever your field oh, is. 100%. He'll probably just go out and be better than you at that as well because he does have the drive and obviously cares about people and all that stuff. So if your take is for anyone in your life, by the way, oh, why are you switching careers? Why are you stopping doing this thing that I think you should be doing? Just be quiet. And especially with athletes, like get rid you're you're a grown up. Stop feeling entitled to other grown men doing something that entertains you. Get over it. Swearing on the podcast, though you can beat that out oh, if no, you like. Now we're gonna, I'm gonna have to believe. I'm gonna have to figure explicit out. Explicit time. The vivid seat sponsors aren't gonna be pleased with uh, <laughs> my potty mouth, but that's you got me fired up, buddy. I wasn't planning on doing any Andrew Luck takes, but just stop trying to exert any influence over other people's lives. You are owed nothing by them, no matter how much money they get paid to play football. They're paid that much because you're such a psycho about how much you like sports, and that's fine. But they don't owe you anything in return. So that's all I got to say about that. Whew, buddy, you tell yourself off now. I like it. I didn't think we we're going we to get there with the Angel. I didn't either. I didn't either, but I started talking about it. I couldn't stop. <laughs> no, I knew, I knew, I knew the thing, the things that get you, I knew, I knew there would be a little trigger there at the end with the, bo- yeah, the booing thing. I knew it would be, I knew, I knew the booing thing would be a little bit of a trigger because we both, we both are arm, walk arm in arm along the, the sands of why, like, why do you think you're entitled to just have this opinion about people? Anyway, with that being said, you know what you can do after you listen to this rant? Subscribe to our projection system powered by our good friends over at Lineup Lab. You know what that's going to give you? It's going to give you these kind of millennial, like sort of social hot takes. It's also going to give you optimal lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings, NFL, MLB while the season still chugs along, NBA coming right down the pike, all covered under one subscription package. DFSR.com slash deals will get you started. Uh, go over and you take take a free three-day trial. You know what? You wait a couple days too if you want to, you, and you get a free three-day trial through the Thursday and Sunday games of early next week. So we, we won't kill you for that. Actually, maybe we'll just extend the free trial out to seven days so we can make sure people just get that first week of football because we're pretty confident in our football product. So dfsr.com slash deals will get you started on that. Buddy, back again next week talking cash games and game-by-game game breakdown. Don't get too much, don't get more triggered about Andrew Luck. Promise me. <laughs> All right, buddy.